0: hello everyone and welcome back to chronic pain and paranoia it's us we're back um i do sound a little congested right now it's nighttime i can never breathe at night and we're tired it's like nine o'clock we're really tired we filmed an episode before this so hopefully we can still have good energy for you guys
1: i believe in us
0: yes i believe in us too (laughs) so this week the word we went off of was survivor Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for this episode because we typically don't do a lot of episodes, true crime episodes, specifically with survivors. Yeah. Our first episode was one. That's a great story. Um, Really, really bad audio. <laughs> yes. I would tell you to go listen to it, but in good conscience, I cannot. Peace and love. It's bad. It's good, but it's bad. It's bad. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know how to research. Our mic was bad. Mm-hmm. The setup was bad. It, anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyways, we're moving on.
0: Uh so Emily. Yeah. How would you rate your pain today?
1: Today, um, I've no I know I've used this one before, but I kinda feel like a snail going to snurch. <laughs> just tired, you know? Yeah. But also kinda like a mummy. Like I've been sitting here for like a hundred years in my little sarcophagus. Yeah. This room being my sarcophagus. I'm just sure. tired. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> how do you feel emily for me today i feel like so there's this cat carcass that i see on my way home from work really sad it's like on the side of the road it's a cat carcass and you can see its ribs and stuff like bare bones ribs where um you know i don't know roads emily is it like a main road or yeah okay it's like it's on broadway coming from getting off the 202 towards my house okay you know where that is no one else is gonna know where that is which is fine Mm -hmm. but yeah he chills there that's creepy i feel like that accurate i get that feeling i don't feel good i don't feel (laughs) mom i screwed up up. (laughs) my tummy hurts Mm -hmm. yeah that's how i feel okay it does look really cool i feel sad for the cat but it looks really cool gross but okay bones are well because it's just the white bones oh and then it has like the head hair and the tail hair so it's just the ribs that are showing
1: oh okay i just had like this mangled cat in my head
0: it's like drying out like that's what's happening yeah okay let's get started this podcast contains sensitive materials such as violence murder paranormal activity and other adult topics so listener discretion is advised while we do research all of our episodes we are just two emily's with a microphone and a passion for all things spooky take it with a grain of salt all of our sources will be in the show notes or we'll just tell you Mm-hmm. or not i don't think we told them last week
1: nope it's fine it's we'll tell okay
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Emily, I think you're up. I am up. So,
1: my survival story this week, I first heard it on Mr. Ballin's YouTube channel. Highly recommend. I've recommended it here before. Um, He's just a really good storyteller. I fell asleep to his stories. They're (laughs) so good. Um, This one is, uh, it took place in 2013, and it involves Harrison O'Keen. I don't remember how to say his last name. I'm going to call him Harrison. Okay. Um, He was working as a cook on a tugboat that was stabilizing an oil rig. So there were a couple boats in the situation. Um, Yeah, so they're tugging along, whatnot. He's working. It's late at night, and um, all of a sudden, an ocean swell comes in.
0: And it
1: came from nowhere and killed everyone in the smaller boat because it capsized. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, so he's in this boat, it capsizes. Um, and all the rooms on the boat lock like automatically, oh. so that way uh, pirates and stuff can't come in, yeah. can't steal stuff, can't kill you, whatnot. He happened to be in the bathroom. Jeez. So everyone's like stuck in their rooms, and he's trying to get back, and like water's filling the boat, Dang. and he's like, oh crap, oh crap, and it's just sinking and filling and sinking and filling Dang. before he even knows what to do. And it's upside down at this point. But he had managed to get to an air pocket. And he was swimming around and he found it. And so he takes these two mattresses, puts them on top of each other, and that's how he's staying afloat. Wow. So he's in this boat situation, floating in an air pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what he's doing for food or water. He doesn't have any food or water. He's just existing. Yeah. Um... And this is a really short story i'm already halfway through my story that's okay (laughs) um he's just chilling in there for these a while i'll tell you how long later and somehow he had managed to stay calm he didn't have like any um claustrophobia or anything like that wow his goal was just to survive yeah he didn't know how long for he didn't know if anyone's coming he's Mm -hmm. just like i'm here i'm breathing i'm alive I think at one point he did start having like hallucinations of like something was in the water, something was getting him. I don't know if it was a hallucination don't blame him. or if something actually was in the water with him because he's underwater. Like
0: animals.
1: Yeah. Um. So they have no idea how long the air pocket maintained itself. They had no idea how long the air pocket had maintained itself for this long.
0: Yeah, essentially.
1: absolutely. So the word got out that these. Ships and boats had capsized. Uh huh. They were underwater, so they sent out a team to go retrieve the dead. Yeah. Because they assume no one was yeah. here anymore. And they get there. They're swimming around. They're looking for everyone. And they reach his boat that Harrison is in, and it's all on video. Like you can go and watch the video of the retrieval. That's crazy. So they go up to Harrison and they like shake him. They're like,
0: Dude, "Hello, are you like are you what? dead?"
1: And because he looks alive, and they're like, "Oh, hello." And he's moving. He's breathing. And they're wow. like, what the heck? So the diving crew got to the boat almost exactly 60 hours after oh the vessel went down. Oh my
0: gosh. How many days is that? Almost three. Oh my gosh. So mm-hmm. three days in an air pocket. Yep. That mm-hmm. air should not have lasted that long. That's it's crazy. It's more
1: carbon dioxide than anything at That's this That's
0: a miracle.
1: It is a miracle. They had to be really careful with how they got him out because... Yeah. He'd been under this deep water for three days. Yeah, yeah, he'd gotten accumulated to the pressure, the water, whatever.
0: If they bring him up too fast, he could get really sick. He'll and get die. the bends. Yeah. yeah. So
1: they were passing back and forth the breathing scuba gear. Yeah. Because like immediately they put it on. Him. You can see it in the yeah. video. They're like, take this so breathe. Like, oh my gosh. And he's breathing fresh air again, and so they have to slowly get him back up to the surface that's crazy without getting the bends he had absorbed potentially fatal amounts of nitrogen which also could have caused the bends he yeah. was down there for so long the crew equipped him with a special suit and started his ascent back to life above water he passed out on the way up but survived to tell a story he spent two days in a decompression chamber and suffered various trauma responses like nightmares and instable hunger But he made it. So he was under there for three days. Gets out having terrors and whatnot. He was so afraid of the water. But he's actually scuba certified now. Oh, that's awesome. He regularly would go under the water, go get training. And when he got certified, the diver that had rescued him handed him his certificate.
0: That's awesome. That's so so cool. I bet mm -hmm. that was probably like a way for him to move past this experience. Be like, I conquered my fear i conquered the water like i can do this like yeah that's awesome
1: because oh it's just scary crazy yeah i know my story was like super short no that's okay but it's one that i really wanted to share because it's like i could not imagine like
0: what like what a survival mindset can get you through Mm -hmm. because if like he had gotten into like a hysterical state of like claustrophobia like i'm gonna die i'm gonna run out of air like he would have died he would not have survived if he had panicked because like him staying calm like kept his breathing down conserved his oxygen like mm-hmm. well, that's probably prompt. what
1: kept him alive Yo, and the fact that he went for so long without water that's crazy. he should have been dead usually you can only go like two days without water right mm-hmm. and he'd gone 60 hours wow and the water was probably freezing yeah because it's the ocean
0: and he was so far down
1: Mm Mhm. they thought
0: he was dead so crazy i think i've heard that story before there was like an infographics Mm -hmm. video about him yeah it's crazy so if you want to learn more yeah mr ballin's video
1: infographics whatever happy you can find like the news articles because it was in 2013
0: that this happened This is definitely more feel good than the last episode we just recorded.
1: That's what I was going for. (laughs) I feel better. Yes.
0: Wow. Thank you, Emily. You're welcome. Um, I like that one a lot. Okay, Emily. I'm going to be out of breath this whole time because, once again, I can't breathe, so I apologize. It's okay. I think I was out of breath, too. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story about Jennifer Mori. So, this story happens in April of 1995 in Houston, Texas okay so jennifer Moria recently moved to houston and she was looking for a safe place to live you know she's single living alone as a female she's new to the city Mm -hmm. she wants to make sure she's safe so she ended up finding this apartment building with eight foot fences around the whole thing and they have 24 7 security guards on site at all at all times which that's what 24 hours means but yeah Yeah, so she specifically chooses this apartment for the safety okay obviously we would do the same thing we're paranoid
1: (laughs) chronic pain paranoia yeah come on
0: now so she's a young lawyer and she works late so one night after work um around 10 p.m she decided to go out drinking with her friends she's a great night she ends up going out with one friend and then they find the rest of their friends at the bar Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the night One of her friends takes her home. She gets home at 1 a.m. Okay. So she walks up to her second floor apartment, heads inside and deadbolts the door, washes her face and goes to bed. So a few hours later, she was in a really deep sleep, but something starts to like kind of wake her up. Mm Kind of like in that half asleep state. And she becomes aware that like she can't really move. That's weird. And then she realizes she can't move because there's someone in her room. But there's not just someone in her room they're mm-hmm. laying on top of her Ugh. and she can't move Ugh. as she's laying there trying to like kind of wake up and be like what's going on mm-hmm. she can feel this man's leg hair on her smooth legs i would vomit yeah and then she starts to feel him grabbing at her underwear and trying to yank them off mm-hmm and that like wakes her up more obviously fight or flight yeah and she starts to untangle her arms from the sheets and she reaches her hands up and feels a knife being held to her throat oh at this point she's fully awake well yeah because she's like that's that's a knife and she said she had the clear thought oh i'm being raped yes she was that was that was what was happening so she started screaming immediately and uh like screaming please no please don't hurt me and she's trying to push away the knife and kick and just like fight back good yeah so as soon as she starts fighting back this enrages her attacker and he slashes her eye with the knife and like it starts pouring blood down her face and like she thinks like he just cut my eye out Mm -hmm. um he didn't but that's what she thought at the time yeah um so she could like feel the blade after this and she was like i have to like get him off like i cannot be raped i cannot be killed in my own house in my own bed like i'm not doing this Mm -mm. so she was screaming so loud this whole time that later she found out 20 different people across 15 different units in this apartment building she's an apartment yeah, they all heard her. These twenty people in fifteen units. No one called nine one one. You're joking? Not me. one person. Fifteen people. Twenty people. Tw- fifteen apartments. Twenty yeah. people.
1: That makes me so <laughs> mad. Oh,
0: what? I I don't know.
1: At so, least call
0: the building manager literally. or the
1: security that's
0: there. Yeah, be like, can you check on this girl? Emily and I could never. <sighs>
1: No. It makes me so mad. Especially if you're woken up from your sleep hearing this woman
0: scream. Screaming.
1: Like, you know when someone's in trouble.
0: Yes. It's a different type of scream. Like... Yeah. Anyway. So, she was screaming so loud and he was telling her to shut up. He literally said, shut the hell up, Jennifer. Her name. Oh, no. This guy knew who she was. And she was trying to figure out like who he was cuz she's like clearly he knows me and like she couldn't figure out like she didn't recognize his voice at all. Uh-huh. So she was still screaming so loud that he slit her throat. <gasps> and like at this point she was scared she was going to die cuz she's like he just
1: slit yeah. my throat.
0: And she said like she would have done anything in that moment to get away and like stay alive. Yeah. And he kept telling her not to look at him, and she promised that she wouldn't. She could tell that, like, if she didn't say that, like, he would kill her. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm
1: rolling my eyes at the the guy, by the way. I'm not rolling oh, my eyes so at Oh, he's so stupid. He's such an idiot. He's Don't so look stupid. at me
0: even though I'm right here in your
1: face. Literally.
0: At this point, she felt like the best course of action was to stop fighting if she was going to get out of this. Well, so yeah, she, now
1: she's thinking, I need to live.
0: Yeah, so she went quiet she stopped fighting and she closed her eyes to endure the attack and he tries to rape her but he fails because he's a loser <laughs> <laughs> i'm not making fun of this situation whatsoever i'm making fun I'm, of him i'm not making fun of sa whatsoever he's just literally a loser and so stupid and horrible no like this is horrible that what happened to her i don't blame her nothing
1: it's not like laughing at the situation i'm purely laughing at him
0: no he deserves all the ridicule in the world and i will make him feel bad he's a dummy yeah so uh he gets up and he drags her across the room and like shoves her into the bathroom like says like get in the bathroom and then he realizes he forgot the knife in the bedroom like a loser, and went back for the knife. You went back? And she slammed the door shut. Good. And then she realized the door doesn't have a lock. Then you grab the knife. I hate this apartment building. Well, yeah. Yeah, continue. So she pressed her body against the door, but she realized, like, her body weight alone wouldn't keep the door shut. So she slid down, and she pressed her back against the door, and then pressed her feet against the edge of the tub, Mm -hmm. like, wedging herself between the tub and the door, jamming the door shut yeah so if he wanted to get in he would either like have to break her legs or she would have to bend her legs yeah she's like he's not getting in here she's smart so she's staying quiet and she's listening and she could hear him moving throughout the apartment grabbing things moving things Mm -hmm. and then slowly zipping his pants up so she's sitting in a pool of her own blood yeah i'm like she's been
1: slashed she's been slashed in the face
0: she's been slashed in the throat so, she reaches over and gla- grabs the whole roll of toilet paper and helds, holds it to her throat to try Smart. to stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. So, she realizes she's losing a lot of blood and she's feeling weaker and weaker and she knew she had to get out of the bathroom or she would bleed to death. Yeah. So, she decided to open the door and come out even though she was afraid he would be waiting for her. hmm So, she gets up and her hands are all slick from the blood on them and she can't get a good grip on the door handle Mm -hmm. and then um she like tried to open it and it's jammed shut from her like throwing all of her body weight into it oh no so she's like okay like i'm gonna have to make a lot of noise to open this so she realizes like like she has survived the attack but like she's gonna bleed to death in this bathroom because she jammed the door shut well, she did a good job. Yeah, so she like finally jerks it open, luckily, and she um, crawls out on her hands and knees, and she doesn't hear anything. She like calls out like "hello," mm-hmm. nothing, and so she tries to turn the lights on. It's not working. She goes to her home phone on the wall. It's dead. Mm-hmm. He had cut the power to her apartment. So she wanders around her apartment for a bit, looking for her cell phone, and she finds it and calls nine one one. Mm-hmm. And she tells them her throat has been cut by a man. She's covered in blood. He knew her name. She didn't know how he got in. She locked the door. She knew she locked the door. Mm-hmm. And I listened to part of this 911 call. And she sounds like she's in utter shock. Mm-hmm. But, like, as she's speaking, it's almost like she's realizing what's happening. And yeah. she sounds, like, hysterical. Aww. It's really sad. It was really sad to listen to maybe don't listen to it yeah
1: i don't listen to the nine one one phone calls
0: yeah so the dispatcher calms her down and like he was so kind during this call like he she said like he became like a safe haven for her in this moment
1: oh that's good
0: that's what they're supposed to do this was such a good dispatcher Mm -hmm. so 15 minutes in she hears pounding on the door and was like oh like the police are here and the dispatcher said um i'm looking at police and fire's location on my computer right now they are not there do not answer the door Mm -mm. and she calls out to the person on the other side of the door says like hello like who is it and they said security and she's like what's your name and like she couldn't see outside the peephole because she didn't have her contacts in oh same girl yeah that scares me so bad if my eyes ever go bad i'm getting lasik (laughs) Listen, purely because of this, there's no help <laughs> for us, the blind. Yeah. So this person on the other side of the door like kept demanding to let him in, mm-hmm. and uh, they were promising help and was very insistent that she opened the door. The dispatcher said, like, if you can't see who it is and you don't know who it is, do don't not open, open the it. door. Like, we're better off waiting to know for sure. Mm-hmm. So he kept pounding on the door and even offered to show his badge. And like slide she it under was the door. Hysterical at this point, like she's losing blood, like she's feeling weaker. Like she got slashed on her face. Well, she's doing very good. For she's her doing awesome, having she, been slashed. Yeah, she got slashed in the neck, and it nicked her jugular vein. She also oh. got stabbed in the neck, and stabbed in her arm twice. Oh my god! I have no idea how she's functioning. Adrenaline. At this point, pure adrenaline, and so she says at this moment it's like the longest moment of her life like she talked about like thinking about her mom and like having to get word to her mom just so sad yeah and suddenly she hears lots of voices outside and at the same time the dispatcher says houston police is here and it's like you can let them in okay so she opens the door and pretty much immediately collapses into the arms of the policeman oh i feel relief for her yeah i'm like getting chills like such a good story, but mm-hmm. um, and she hears like amongst the the kerfuffle, if you will, uh-huh. that they have an injured security guard too. And um, in the interview I watched with her, she said that like she felt a wave of sadness because she's like oh, another person got hurt, Aww. and this attack, like someone else got hurt because of me. Like it's she just seems so nice. Oh uh, bless her heart. Yeah, not in the southern way. So um, this. Uh, security guard said he got injured when he was trying to catch the attacker um after he jumped out of the second story window and he couldn't stop him even after wrestling him to the ground so he he's like i knew she got attacked because i saw the guy and i like came up to help Mm -hmm. and so um jennifer was taken to the hospital and then afterwards they went back into the apartment to search it and they found a pair of underwear a hat a belt a glove and a knife and the hat that they found was a security guard hat the <gasps> same security company as the one that worked for the building what so they went back to that security guard and they noticed he had big cowboy boots on they made him take them off and there was blood on his socks Ooh. god they had him take off his shirt and his pants his torso was covered in blood and he had no underwear got him yeah Idiot. so police <laughs> quickly determined this is who committed the brutal attack
1: uh-huh.
0: the apartment's on-duty security guard a 26 year old man named brian Wabe gibson
1: i don't care about his name i'll forget that really yeah. easy
0: so <laughs> while employed by the pickerton security for the previous three years gibson was consistently reassigned to different jobs after receiving complaints from clients Instead of firing him, Pickerton eventually signed him to work nights at the apartment complex where Jennifer Morey lived. Mm. Between 1991 and 1995, 130 Pickerton guards were convicted of felonies in Texas alone. 130. Most of these were sexual assault felonies. That's scary. Yeah, 130 in four years. In four years. Yeah. So the Pickertons have a long and often bloody history in the US dating back to 1850. The agency still exists today and recently made headlines in 2020 after a Pickerton security guard shot and killed a man during a patriot rally in Denver. Absolutely not. I can't believe this place is still in business. What? Like yeah. who's hiring them? Stop. I know. So, police detectives and first responders came to visit Jennifer in the hospital after surgery, Mm -hmm. and they were like, girl, you put up such a fight. They said there was blood on the ceiling, (gasps) the walls, everywhere. They're like, we can tell you fought so hard. Like, you're amazing. Yeah, she's amazing anyways. And uh, it's just crazy. So brian wayne gibson was convicted of um attempted murder attempted it's okay so i can't i don't know for sure what he was convicted of Mm -hmm. so attempted murder was some sources said um others said he was only arrested for attempted sexual assault and aggravated burglary he only served 20 years you're joking 20 years And it's so messed up because, like, she almost died. Like, if she would have, he would have gotten life. Like, he still had the full intent of murdering her. He came back. He almost did. Had she opened the door, she would have died. He was coming back to murder her. It it makes me so mad. So he's released now. Ew. Uh, I think he's on parole, but he's a registered sex offender. So if you live in Houston, please, please be careful.
1: If you live anywhere, be careful. Make sure you Seriously. know who's in your
0: neighborhood. So, Jennifer ended up suing Pickerton Security and she was awarded an undisclosed amount of money. Good. She and her attorney looked into Pickerton and found all this and they were like, <laughs> um, you're stupid. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So, this dispatcher, Richard, yeah. this was actually his first shift <gasps> as a dispatcher. What? And he did amazing on the call like he was so sweet so reassuring talk about a good dispatch. Yeah, a good so, person yeah what the heck and like she even said like he like had the biggest heart like he was my safe place during this and they ended up being friends and they're still friends to this day Aww. and he ended up coming to her wedding Aww. yeah so jennifer's doing well now she did struggle for quite a while obviously um rightfully so Yes, she is a lawyer. For a while she did have a hard time with abuse cases and attacks and things like that, like PTSD obviously. Yeah. But she's doing well now. She has her own family practice. Aww. And yeah, she's just doing good. That dispatcher though,
1: I can I'm in awe. The way he said don't open the
0: door you don't know who's on the other side. Yeah, he's like let's just wait. Let's just wait. Wow. He saved her life 100%. Wow yeah i it's a scary story obviously but like a feel-good story Uh at the same time like she was so amazing like she should not have survived with the injury she had but like she had such an intense will to survive and she knew when to surrender Mm -hmm. during that attack to keep herself alive like she did amazing yeah that's all i have for you that was fantastic thank you this is definitely more feel good than most of our episodes are yeah i like that everyone lived <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll do more survivor cases yeah here and there let us know you can always comment on our instagram you can yeah. dm us let us for know. sure thank you guys everyone for listening and please Remember to subscribe rate and review us yes it helps so much if you just take a second to do that that would be amazing we already have a lot of new listeners we appreciate wow we appreciate every single one of you thank you so much um plug in your heating pads take your meds and stay spooky goodbye goodbye